patriotism, faith, national unity, education, fiscal responsibility, civility, the values that define America. Fascinating stories and talks from America-loving patriots dedicated to preserving freedom, opportunity, and justice. Welcome to the Friends and Fellow Citizens Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Friends and Fellow Citizens. I'm your host, Sherman Tylosky. Thank you so much for joining me today in this solo episode. We're on episode 43, approaching that 50 mark, and I can't wait to uh, share our upcoming episodes as we roll into uh, really almost the one-year mark. And I I hope that you will stay tuned and uh, be able to listen to some amazing content that I've still got for all of you to share, and I am really excited for this upcoming one-year anniversary. It's coming pretty soon before you know it. Now, before we get into our episode today, I do want to make a couple of announcements for all of you. The first is that I have been recently on some other podcasts to promote Friends of Fellow Citizens, and I hope that you will take a listen to some of these appearances. I was on shows like the Say One Needs Same podcast with Zach Sluzela and Brandon Garrison. They're two amazing guys who had me on earlier this month on June 2nd. I spoke a little about January 6th and really the broader conversation about some of the other things that we often like to share about on Friends and Fellow Citizens, about civility, about bringing people together, about having a national unity of some kind. On June 5th, I had a wonderful conversation with the podcast appropriately called Let's Have This Conversation. It's hosted by Kevin McShan. Uh, he's based in Canada, and we had a wonderful conversation about bipartisanship in Washington, uh, but also the partisan issues that are happening in Washington, D.C. and around the country. And lastly, on the 13th, I was on a podcast called Can I Ask You a Question? And this is hosted by Adam Kruger. We had a wonderful conversation about the role of privacy, but particularly about data privacy concerns from Chinese tech. Obviously, very, very hot button issue. Uh, There's been news from the Biden administration recently, and I hope you will check out the press tab on www.shermantylosky.com in my main website, and you can check out some of those episodes there. But most importantly, today, I want to wish you a happy Flag Day here in the United States. This is a day in which we remember and reflect on the meaning of the American flag. You know, the American flag has been somewhat of something that not only is a representation of the United States, clearly when you see American flag, we know which country that refers to, but it represents many other Values it represents ideals and dreams and ideas that we want to bring out and deliver to future generations or to perhaps other people around the country, around the world. It's a representation of freedom, opportunity, and justice. Even in tough times here in America, I hope that we can still come together and debate these with passion, but with civility and with some kind of hope that we will get to a better nation. And I want to reflect a little bit on history today about the American flag. 
Betsy Ross is often credited for the American flag, and rightly so. You know, she was a young woman who was able to put together really the for the Betsy Ross design, which, if you can imagine, is the uh, the stripes, you know, the red and white stripes across, um, representing 13 colonies, but only 13 stars, and in the shape of a circle. And that was really the first sort of major flag that we can all recall. Now, she actually made a number of flags. She's very, very prolific. I don't know how many kind of flag orders she got, but she made it for all of these different regiments and other organizations that required uh, some kind of flag. But this Betsy Ross flag is really kind of my starting point and our starting point for our reflection of the American flag design. And the the unique thing about this is when it when we think about how the Betsy Ross flag had 13 stars, now it's grown to 50 with the admission of Hawaii as a state. Uh, it's quite remarkable just even looking at the numbers of stars that have been added onto the American flag. It, it represents a number of changes here. Obviously, it represents that change that going from east to west. You think about the Louisiana Purchase under the Jefferson administration, uh, which required a, a huge swath of land in the Midwest and even the south. Uh, you have the Mexican-American War that essentially got states like California, Nevada, Arizona, uh, parts of Colorado even. Uh, you think about the uh, the purchase, uh, the Gadsden Purchase that uh, basically covered the rest of Arizona. It's a tiny bit of land, uh, even something like as minor as that. The acquisition of Florida from the Spanish, uh, Oregon and Washington State from the British. The formation of the United States uh, continues to even go further west, even to Alaska with the Alaska Purchase. A few weeks back, we spoke about William Seward, about the man who kind of did it all for Alaska. And of course, the Hawaii as a former colony that turned uh, a country later in 1959. And so we think about this trajectory, we think about manifest destiny. That was really kind of what drove a lot of this westward expansion uh, the Oregon Trail, um, but even some of the kind of uglier parts, uh, the the Trail of Tears, an example. But all of this really fits together in a whole fabric of a nation. You know, the fabric of the American flag is maybe viewed as uh, someone of like, oh, it's just a flag. But it, again, it represents a lot of things. Really, when we live out the values of freedom, opportunity, and justice, we, I think, often think about those ideals, you know, and those ideals. And the American flag is that representation, as I said earlier. I do think also that it's not just the trajectory coming from 13 colonies. When people were doubting that, they could even probably put 13 stars on a flag because after the American Revolution, it wasn't all hunky-dory. You know, there are people who are fighting, who are over which states could have armies and what powers states have. Articles of Confederation was uh, quite a bit of a failure. Uh, the Articles of Confederation, if if it went through, would have created 13 countries at least, as far as we know. But after struggle, after struggle, after struggle, we were able to put those 13 stars on that flag and grow that from 13 to 50. Imagine what that is like when you have so much discord and disagreement 
Think about all those hard times, especially the Civil War. I mentioned the Civil War a lot on this show. Think about how maybe the people at that time were thinking, you know what, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna gain stars on the flag. There were people thinking we're probably gonna lose stars. And I'm sure people felt that way in the Union. And think about how there were actually not only fewer stars on that flag, but two different flags. Imagine the struggles that people had to go through at that time, all about slavery and about other divisions that were happening. But in the end, with good leadership from President Lincoln, from the Union generals, we were able to pull together and say, no, there is one American flag, and we will represent all the states on that flag. Every state gets that one star, and it, it means something in the fabric of the United States. So when we think of more in more microcosm sort of fashion, we realize that every single state is different. I mean, the thing about the original 13 colonies, how they became states, and how if it wasn't for the representatives from those 13 colonies who came together, whether it's in the uh, Continental Congress or the Constitutional Convention, they created a country out of its own that would incorporate far more than colonies. In fact, they would be states. The, this, the, the California history, I remember going to the California History Museum a long time ago, and it's very interesting to go to certain state capitals and to learn about the history of that state. I remember when I went to school in Texas, you learn about how Texas was a country before it was a state. And I really just want to express how much I appreciate, and I hope you will appreciate also, the interesting histories of every single state and how, at the end, all of the states are, are together as one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The flag is more than just a pattern on a piece of fabric. It's a representation of where we have been, where we are now, and where we're going in the future. When times of dispute and of division happen, we coalesce around that flag. We stand up for the American flag. You know, there's been flag controversies recently. Uh, really, I should say there has been controversies about standing for the flag. Well, let me tell you something. It's one thing to have disagreements on policy and on opportunities for people across the nation. Of course, we, we, are, we have a long way to go on a number of these issues. But to be divided on something like the American flag, I, I just I don't, I don't think this is the right way to go. I think we should all stand for the American flag at sports games, at venues that, that bring about people together. Uh, it doesn't matter what venue, at what place, at whatever time, uh, whoever is there. The American flag represents something far greater than our petty disputes and our our genuine disputes. It means something greater. It represents a lot of the, in the history, the successes that this country has made. Let's leave aside the politics and the disputes and everything, let's just find that source of unity. That's what the American flag should be like. And we, we still have a long way to go, as I said, about a lot of these policy issues. Uh, but the American flag is where we start and where we end. It's not 
you know, the source, it should not be the source of all these disputes. You think about the history of the American flag, but not really not the, just the Betsy, Betsy Ross history. Think about the, the War of 1812. That was another time when there was also actually quite a bit of division with the United States about whether or not to go to war with Great Britain. At the time, the Federalists were the ones who were saying, no, we should not be engaging in war. Perhaps we're, we were too small as a nation. Perhaps that by igniting a war, we're going to have another big issue of now Britain understanding that because we still haven't recovered as a united nation, there was no chance of defeating the British at all. But it was in September of 1814, that's when a lot, a lot of things changed, when the British launched their attack on Fort McHenry in Baltimore. Francis Scott Key was trying to negotiate for prisoners, imagine that, on a, on a ship, and he sees this giant flag made by Mary Young Pickerskill, the Star Spangled Banner, waving over Fort McHenry. This flag was so huge that no one could ever miss it, and the, the message was very clear to the British that America still stands and will always be resolute. And after a long battle, as you imagine, with the Star Spangled Banner, uh, the, the the national anthem, what well, came to be the national anthem, Francis Scott Key wrote the verses on a letter in the, on the ship as he was negotiating. And those words, see, still seeing that American flag waving over the land of the free and the home of the brave. Quite an amazing story, especially I love the bit about how big it is. If you go to the National Museum of American History in Washington, D.C., in a dark lit room, you can still see that very flag that flew over Fort McHenry. A remarkable story, and I I love that part of the museum. If you haven't been to the National Museum of American History, I highly recommend it. There's so much there. Uh, for everyone to enjoy. I'd like to leave you all with one last message. There was a Supreme Court case called Texas v. Johnson. This was back in the 80s, and it revolved around the debate of whether or not the First Amendment applied to flag burning. And this was a case that, to this day, is still very controversial. And as I've always said on this podcast, I like people to make their create their own opinions, read about the case, but create their own opinions about this. But I like to read the dissent. Oftentimes, as the saying goes, the the history history is written by the uh, the winners. Uh, I I always believe that history, of course, is also written by the dissenters. If we were to use kind of a legal term in this case, Justice John Paul Stevens wrote the dissenting opinion. This was a 5-4 to four decision in favor of Johnson. Johnson was basically an anarchist, a crazy guy uh, who burned the American flag in, front of, in the 1984, during the 1984 Republican National Convention protesting the candidates uh, Ronald Reagan and Walter Mondale. And the state of Texas tried its best to prohibit this desecration of the American flag. And I'd like to read a little bit of what Justice Stevens wrote. He writes, quote, a country's flag is a symbol of more than nationhood and national unity. 
It also signifies the ideas that characterize the society that has chosen that emblem, as well as the special history that has animated the growth and power of those ideas. The fleur de lis and the tricolor both symbolized nationhood and national unity, but they had vastly different meanings. He writes later, uh, the message conveyed by some flags, the swastika, for example, may survive long after it has outlived its usefulness as a symbol of regimented unity in a particular nation. So it is with the American flag. It is more than a proud symbol of the courage, the determination, and the gifts of nature that transformed 13 fledgling colonies into a world power. It is a symbol of freedom, of equal opportunity, of religious tolerance, and of goodwill for other peoples who share our aspirations. The symbol carries its message to dissidents both at home and abroad who may have no interest at all in our national unity or survival. The value of the flag as a symbol cannot be measured. Even so, I have no doubt that the interest in preserving that value for the future is both significant and legitimate. Conceivably, that value will be enhanced by the court's conclusion that our national commitment to free expression is so strong that even the United States, as, as ultimate guarantor of that uh, freedom, is without power to prohibit the desecration of its unique symbol. But I am unpersuaded. The creation of a federal right to post bulletin boards and graffiti on the Washington Monument might enlarge the market for free expression, but at a cost I would not pay. Similarly, in my considered judgment, sanctioning the public desecration of the flag will tarnish its value, both for those who cherish the ideas for which it waves and for those who desire to don the robes of martyrdom by burning it. That tarnish is not justified by the trivial burden on free expression occasioned by requiring that an available alternative mode of expression, including other words critical of the flag, be employed. I think John Paul Stevens really embodied the message from the American flag. He believes that it's more than just nationhood, national unity. Remember, national unity being one of those values, uh, one of those principles. And to connect what we have discussed so far in this episode and what we have discussed about America over the uh, past 40 plus episodes, we understand that America is not perfect, but it is great. It is a country that constantly is not afraid to show its flag colors, even to nations that are hostile to us. We, we don't let them try to desecrate or try to denigrate our standing in the world. And to go from 13 fledgling colonies into a world power. I mentioned that trajectory there, that trajectory, the journey that the American flag represents is within our history, it's within our blood, it's within our culture here in the United States of America. So it's a really powerful argument that I, I really just want to share with all of you. Because when we have these debates about the direction of our nation, let's not forget that the American flag is a refuge for us, especially when we get into these really impassioned, passionate arguments. We know that we are not arguing not because we we are enemies to each other. We are a, we may be opponents on certain issues, but we know that we want the same kinds of ideals. And and when we look at that American flag, when we stand for that American flag, we put our hand on our hearts. We know 
that there is still so much goodness and so much freedom that we can grasp and deliver for current and future generations to come. And I know that the principles of Washington, of patriotism, faith, national unity, education, fiscal responsibility, civility, all six of these principles and the principles of goodness can all be traced to this American flag. From the Betsy Ross flag to a flag waving over Fort McHenry to the flag that was probably carried by the, the Union Army, believed in that unity of the nation, to the, to the American flag that was raised after 9-11. This American flag represents so much, and we owe so much to it and its values, and the nation it represents. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Friends and Fellow Citizens and share this show with your friends and family. I really appreciate your support. Have a great rest of your day and a great week. And I will see you next time.